We're on a thousand planets and spreading out. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. To the bat poles. May the force be with you. Who is that masked man? Avengers, assemble. Good afternoon and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. As always, we'll begin the show with some genre-related news. NASA's Artemis I Orion spacecraft is on its way home. The uncrewed ship successfully completed a lunar departure burn to begin the trip back to Earth after its moon orbits. Orion's voyage home will take 10 days. If all goes according to plan, the capsule will splash down in the Pacific Ocean off the coast of California on December 11th. NASA and the United States Navy have already begun training for the recovery operation that will mark the end of the Artemis I mission. Orion launched on November 16th atop the Space Launch System, or SLS, rocket, NASA's most powerful ever. The mission is the first in the agency's Artemis program, which is aimed at establishing a sustainable, crude lunar outpost near the moon's south pole by the end of the decade. This shakedown mission is intended to serve as the proving ground for both the SLS vehicle and Orion spacecraft to ensure that both are flight-worthy and safe to carry human crews to the lunar surface by 2025 under NASA's Artemis program. The next planned mission, Artemis II, will launch astronauts into orbit around the moon in 2024. Artemis III will return astronauts to the lunar surface in 2025. Agency officials have said the spacecraft has met all its benchmarks. You can follow along with the mission in real time via the NASA website at nasa.gov backslash track Oh, sorry, nasa.gov backslash specials backslash track Artemis. And under the heading of I don't know how I missed this last week, Jan Damage has been engaged as the new director on Marvel Studios' Blade reboot. His hiring ends the search that began after Bassam Tariq quit the project back in September. Also hired to write a new screenplay for the project is Michael Starbury. Starbury replaces screenwriter Stacey Osei Kufour, who had been the writer under Tariq. The new story will reportedly be darker than most Marvel movies. Blade is set to resume production in 2023 and is scheduled for September 2024 release. Last weekend's series finale of The Walking Dead on AMC Plus received the highest single-day viewership ever for the streaming service and was the most-watched episode on the platform since it launched in October 2020. But this isn't the end for the long-running zombie series. Norman Reedus will be starring in the spinoff The Walking Dead Daryl Dixon. The show is described as a reset. The Dixon character wakes up somewhere in Europe and tries to figure out what happened and how he got there. 
Gee, sounds like uh, The Hangover. <laughs> the Dixon Carolina. <laughs> Rita's has said in interviews, the story is way different. The characters are way different. There's a different tone. There's a different light. There's a different sound. There's a whole different vibe. That sounds like, hey, watch this thing. And it is known the show will have a connection to the mid credit scene from the series finale of another TWD spinoff, The World Beyond, in which a scientist in an abandoned French lab was shot after watching videos from Dr. Edwin Jenner from season one of the original series about tests being performed on variant zombies. There's no official release date for The Walking Dead Daryl Dixon, but it is scheduled to premiere sometime in 2023. New trailers dropped this week for Transformers Rise of the Beasts, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. You can view them on one of the FF social media pages. And while you're there, if you haven't already, follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. We like to be followed and we love to be liked. Transformers Rise of the Beasts opens in theaters in June 2023. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny opens in theaters on June 30th, 2023. And Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 opens in theaters on May 5th, 2023. Earlier this week, the San Francisco Board of Supervisors voted 8-3 over strong objections from civil liberties and other police oversight groups to authorize city police to use potentially lethal remote-controlled robots in emergency situations. San Francisco police currently have a dozen functioning ground robots used to assess bombs or provide eyes in low-visibility situations. SFPD does not have pre-armed robots, and a spokesperson said the force has no plans to arm robots with guns. But the department could deploy robots equipped with explosive charges, I quote, to contact, incapacitate, or disorient violent, armed, or dangerous suspects, unquote, when lives are at stake. Supervisors amended the proposal on Tuesday to specify that officers could use robots only after using alternative force or de-escalation tactics or concluding they would not be able to subdue the subject through those alternative means. Only a limited number of high-ranking officers could authorize use of robots as a deadly force option. Oakland, California police has dropped a similar proposal following public backlash. Oh, that's a ringing endorsement if I ever heard one. The first time a robot was used to deploy explosives in the United States was in 2016 when Dallas, Texas police sent in an armed robot that killed a holdup sniper who had killed five officers in an ambush. Why am I not surprised it was Texas where this happened? And some sad news this week, as actor Clarence Ginyard passed away on November 28th. Ginyard was best known to genre audiences for his roles in Top Gun, Die Hard, and Walker, Texas Ranger. He was 66. And feminist underground cartoonist Aileen Kaminsky-Crumb died on November 29th. Crumb's autobiographical, raunchy, and darkly absurd comics in the 1970s made her a feminist heroine to a generation of women. 
she was 74. She was also the wife of R. Crumb, who is uh, another noteworthy underground comics uh, personality. Peter David, writer of such titles as The Incredible Hulk, Supergirl, and Spider-Man 2099, has been hospitalized after having suffered a heart attack and multiple strokes. His condition is currently stable. Hero Initiative has announced that they are covering medical expenses, but a GoFundMe has been started by David's wife, Kathleen. As you know, writing comic books is work for hire, and no benefits are provided. If you can help, there's a link to the GoFundMe page on the Fantastic Forum Facebook page. Today, we're talking about some of these news stories and continuing a conversation from last week about the season finale of Star Wars Andor. Joining me are Roberto Ortiz and Black Gorbachev, Philip Jean-Pierre. Hey, Philip. Welcome to the show. <laughs> hey. Yeah, you know, it's terrible that I should um, actually sometimes try and connect people before we get on the air because, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, Philip, uh, Roberto <laughs> obviously would have enjoyed talking to you before we hit air, but you know how it is. What can I tell you? And why do you think I didn't let you talk to him? Because <laughs> goodness knows we got we got a lot of stuff to cover. And in fact, in last week's show, uh, Roberto, we really missed you because we were talking about Andor, and almost at every turn, it was like, boy, Roberto would have had something to contribute to this. But, oh boy, yeah, the oh, waiver. <laughs> uh, yeah, I figured. But you know, before we got to that, there were a couple of these things that I thought. Uh, Baird uh, looking at a little bit more. And let's start with some of these trailers that dropped this week. Man, this was the week for dropping trailers. And of course, uh, Indiana Jones and the nursing home of... Do oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Little slip of the tongue there. Yes, Indiana Jones. It's got a title now. The Dial of Destiny. Uh, I was thinking that could be the Dial of Time, but you know... But it, it looks way better than it has any right to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, yeah, no, no, no. What were you gonna say? In my head, Crystal Skull never happened. Ooh, <laughs> it wasn't that bad. It was. It was pretty bad. Okay, ignoring the mon I'm ignoring the monkeys. Okay, and and child and wolf. If you take those things out. Okay, it's a bad movie, but still. Uh, <laughs> but the, the cool thing is basically that the director is uh, James Marigold. It's fantastic. He's a really, yeah. really, really, really good director. So at least he promises that the action scenes are going to be fun. I like the fact that there's a lot of indie, what I call indie self-aware humor. Mm -hmm. That it's copyright, uh, trademark Indiana Jones where mm -hmm. they make fun of the action tropes and that he's old and all that and they're going to basically milk that for his word and it's like, this, unless they screw up the ending this might be a fun outing, it's like, why not? Well, I guess they'll probably get my money anyway but I, 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 I you know, I, I have a difficult time with this because these Indiana Jones pictures, and I don't want to rest too long on this because it's just not worth it as a topic. But um, I, 
the only okay even of the first three yeah raiders of the lost ark and then um you know the, uh, the last crusade. The, yeah, last. Thank you. I couldn't remember. I was going to say the uh, the the Holy Grail one, but those two those two were good. The other one, yeah. you know, with like the Shankara stones, that was a waste. I like that one actually. I'm okay with that one. You know, I, I it, it's not that you know. Hey, a lot of people liked it. I mean, I liked it, but it was okay. The bottom line, honestly, and then we're moving on because I don't even want to hear what nobody else got to say about this. <laughs> if when I heard they were doing a prequel, I said, "Oh, of course," because they killed off Paul Freeman in Raiders of the Lost Ark, and Belloc was obviously his nemesis. So you're going to do a prequel so you can have Belloc in the movie. Oh, but God. then when they had the movie and there was no Belloc, and I'm like, well, "Why in the hell you do this?" You know, it made no sense. No, 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 no. We're moving on. <laughs> We're moving on. So, uh, so Nazis of... need to be punched. This is why. <laughs> you could have punched. Na- hey, he was he was Vichy. <laughs> you know, French collaborator. This guy. Even worse. <laughs> That's what. I, oh yeah, because you know, collaborators are kind of worse. Yeah. Than even straight up Nazis. What can I tell you? So uh, yeah, but the other one, um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Heck, you know, because I was you know leaning on the Indiana Jones thing. If you guys got any thing to say about Guardians of the Galaxy or that new Transformers movie. I think the Indiana, the Transformer mm-hmm. trailer basically stole the evening. It's like Guardians was good, yeah. but everybody who basically knows the lore of Transformers where was like geeking out horribly. It's like, mm-hmm. oh my god, they're going to introduce uh, uh, the, the Beast Machines. They're going to basically introduce basically a lot of the lore from the 90s. This is basically to get the millennials geeking out badly because this is their Transformers, the Beast mm-hmm. Machines. And they're like, oh my God, uh, they have, uh, what's the name of the lead of the the, the monkey? Uh, <laughs> oh, Optimus Primal. Optimus Primal. Oh my goodness, get out, for real? Optimus yeah. Primal? Yes. <laughs> oh, you beat up trivia. Most people don't know this. Most of the lore that you know of the Transformers was made in the 90s. I know very little about the transfer. I mean, all I know is they were really cool-ass toys my nephew had. And there was one, it was like, it was a jet, and I'm not talking about Starscream, Starscream. there was a good jet. Get fired. Uh, And I was like, oh man, look at this, robots in disguise. I mean, that's all I knew. I I think they're doing the smart thing because they're moving away from exclusively Bumblebee and Optimus Prime, and they're introducing RC, Mirage, Optimus Primal, which are very cool mm-hmm. characters. It's like if DC Comics only made movies about Superman and Batman, and they're finally realizing, you know, for Transformers, we have a very deep bench of cool characters. Mm-hmm. Why we haven't been using them? And introducing the Beast Machines, especially that this story of the Beast Machine has never been done because the Beast Machines was set in the past. And having the Beast Machines dealing with uh, Generation 1 uh, Transformers one-to-one, it's something that fans of Beast Machines have been wanting to see forever, right? Right? Mm-hmm. Two, two words for you. We have a story with two primes in it. Yeah. Literally, two primes. So, and, and, and the thing I enjoy most, they're not just fighting each other like they do in comic books. They go, we should chat, okay? Yep. It's a, it's a really good concept because the interesting thing was is that after the 80s cartoon, and they did that second generation after that, which was okay, but I hate Rodimus. Um, oh, God, everybody was, hates Rodimus. <laughs> but it was one of those periods where, like, the Transformers really did fall off. And when, when the Beast Wars was introduced, 
it needed, like, I could say it injected, like, it was a game changer in the numbers space. Because it was a completely brand new story, but they managed to link it with the original first generation one. And it really did take on uh, a personality of its own, that it wasn't just, oh, just a silly reason. He's right. With monkeys. And the, cool, and the cool so thing is, it, it's that the story had, if you follow, I used to, because I, I was a nerd, and I, I used to watch a lot, Beast Machines, and the cool thing about it is that if you follow the story, for a show that was very early CG, it, they you could tell that the writers, God bless them, they were trying their best <laughs> to basically make this lore work, and... I remember, I, and f for the longest time, basically, uh, you were hoping, oh, my God, how are they going to tie this with Generation 1? And then it was, was it the first or the second season, fi uh, season finale where they actually tied in with Generation 1? I think it was the end of the first season because it yeah. pulls out and you see the, you see the plane, the ship that crashed into yeah. the and, and it's like you could see the little nerds saying, oh, my God. And... The way they basically expanded the mythos, the way they grow the characters, the way they have no qualms about killing characters left and right, uh, mm -hmm. it really left a lasting impact on the mythos. I would say basically that Beast Machines and the IDW uh, current series has been mm -hmm. two of the most important aspects of the mythos for Transformers. And Hasbro finally is beginning to realize that they should be tapping that. For example, do you know that Megatron, technically speaking, is more of a, a morally gray character in the IDW uh, yeah. mythology? <laughs> Instead of being straight up evil, hmm. Starscream is evil. I was yeah. not aware of that. Oh, Starscream is pure. Because the thing is that there's a, a philosophy in the Transformers universe where you are, whatever you transform into, it's a religion determines what's your role in life. So say you're a microscope when you transform. That means that your role in life is going to be sciences. You cannot be anything else. If you want to be a pilot, you're screwed. Sorry, you're going to be this. And there was a revolutionary who basically said, screw this, we're not going to do this anymore. Guess yeah. who was the revolutionary? Megatron. Mm. Oh, okay. And the Decepticons, that's the core philosophy, the philosophy of freedom of choice. Wow. I know. You know you, hey, look, you, you know a lot about this. Hold I, that thought, though. You're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming online at WERA.FM. We are your community radio station. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Black Gorbachev, Philip Jean-Pierre, and Roberto Ortiz. We were just talking a little bit about some of the trailers that yeah. dropped earlier this week for a number of different films. And uh, the other one that dropped was this Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. That looked cool, too. And yeah, that, that really did. I mean, I haven't seen this other uh, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. It's really heard, good. Yeah, I've heard pretty good it's things about it. It's required viewing for the next movie. I'm not Of course it is. <laughs> kidding. They dropped so much stuff that when I saw it, it was, did I miss um, some stuff from the past movies? Like, what the heck? How did... I am a, I am a, I am a terrible Marvel fan. I have not watched the holiday special or the trailer. The holiday <laughs> special. In the mood. Sue it. See it. It's it's really funny. It's and it's. I cannot even spoil it because they have some jokes that are really dark. 
and really funny. <laughs> well, I think you can be excused for having not seen the holiday special, but the trailer requires a minimal investment of time at best. You know? <laughs> I mean, if there's a trailer, chances are I'll watch it. I mean, there's, you know, that Avatar movie is coming out in another couple of weeks, and, you know, I've been looking at that stuff. And heck, I That's just saw. Huh? What? Yes. Well, the fact that that first movie came out as long ago as it did, I mean, you know, granted, we're not talking about the length of time, say, between 2001 and 2010 or Blade Runner and, uh, you know, that sequel. But, uh, you know, it's been a minute. And I mean, of course, given the technology involved, I, I think Cameron would say that He's been waiting for the technology to catch up to where they could do this thing credibly. Actually, but the scary part know? about mm. him and that he's so hardcore, he's a scary guy. He probably started writing the sequels almost immediately after the movie, and I believe he's so hardcore. I'm pretty sure he's been doing version after version after version after version on the screenplay until he felt for real that it was ready. Mm. And what I love going online is people basically questioning, oh, is this movie going to make his money back? And I was like, I cannot use a word, the proper word that would be <laughs> <laughs> in the air. But yeah, like, the FCC would be down yeah, on us, I'm like, sure. I, have you ever followed the career of this guy? He thrives on people underestimating him. And I am sure I've been reading out how well the pre-sales have been happening in Asia, Ooh. India, Ooh. I mean, internationally, it's, it's going to be a monster. China, you have no idea how big this movie is going to be. Oh, so this one is going to be released in China. Yeah. Hmm. Disney got that. That's the first thing the new CEO of Disney, he <laughs> go, hey, she, oh. I don't mind your human rights. Can we show the movie? Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and Z is like, oh, this is my friend, Bob Iger. <laughs> I remember you, Bob. You're new, Bob. <laughs> You're not like the other Bob. That was a scary Bob. I like you, Bob. Here's, here's what I enjoy most about James Cameron. That man does not care. Nope. The studio can literally go, this is your budget. He would literally scratch it out and goes, I'll let you know how much I spent. <laughs> that man's vision is singular. And the problem is, is that people who don't listen to him lose money. Yes. It is mm. the weirdest. Like, he just stayed up. Titanic. Who wants to go see a movie about a boat sinking? We know the ending. And he and he built it. And he built it in Mexico because he wanted to drown people for real. And mm. <laughs> sorry, that's it. I'm Latino, I can make that joke. So <laughs> <laughs> But like the man, has a, the man has a history of just not listening to the studios. And winning. And when, yeah, exactly. Like I can't really be mad at the man for them just going, you know what, I got this. Because everyone's complaining, they say he needs to make $2 billion just to break even. And he will. He's going to be okay. He is literally going to be okay. His his movies make money. I mean, and even the minimalist stuff, because I go back to the original Terminator. And Mm -hmm. who who knew? Who knew? Made a star out of Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger, A guy who can barely speak English for a long time. You know, I mean, and truthfully, because it wasn't wasn't Conan that made this guy as good as Conan was, as much of a star vehicle as that was. It was, I'll be back. There's three filmmakers that I put in the same zip code. Ridley Scott, George Lucas, 
and James Cameron in terms of the cultural impact their films had had in terms of changing the dynamic. You wouldn't put Spielberg in there, right? They'll go throwing Spielberg. What the hell for? But uh, <laughs> but the thing with Cameron is that people ignore how huge the Terminator franchise is. People ignore that what he did with Aliens. Aliens reminds me of. Remember that scene? That was a James Cameron film. Yeah. yeah. Remember that scene in Back to the Future where Marty starts playing with the guitar and people were like, what are you doing? Cameron did that with the Aliens franchise where he took the concept of Alien and made it into something that to this day people still copy because it's such a mind-blowingly good movie. That it was the, very entertaining. Oh, boy. It, it has it influenced... So much stuff. And the thing with Cameron is that even Avatar, he realizes that it should have had a bigger cultural impact here in the U.S. In, mm-hmm. Outside the U.S., mm-hmm. Avatar, it's like bigger than Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I kid you not. Hmm. If, you, if you get a chance, remember a little known movie he did that people do not, um, like people underestimate? A little movie called The Abyss. Yes, I mm. love that movie. Mm. Oh my this god! Movie, this movie literally should not have been as good as it was. Yeah, it is a. I'm not going to say it's a ridiculous concept. Well, there's no way that's going to work as a story. And he looks Jesus. amazing. Exactly. Like that's the thing. Like he, like random concepts work for this man. True lies. Literally. Why is that movie so good? <laughs> Why is that? Uh, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. It's got no right to be. I mean, because the concept isn't that entertaining. <laughs> it, is, it, it is ridiculous. But but, I, now, don't get me wrong. Arnold Schwarzenegger, the whole cast was great. Like, everyone in it was great. You're sitting there just going, I am riveted by this. And Jamie Lee Curtis is amazing. Yes. Yes. And she looks amazing in that movie. Oh. Yes, she does. Mm. But then no, we, wait, I, wait, but but you're dead on though, <laughs> Black Gorbachev <laughs> with that, and and I tell you what, because and you guys, you were just throwing these films out, and I'm like, oh yeah, Cameron did that. What? That's right, he did that too. Oh my goodness, because you know, Roberto, when you're talking about this cultural impact thing, I'm like, well, you know, he's that's a, that sounds like kind of hyperbole no, there. No, no, it's not. No, you're absolutely right. But it the thing is that he's right, Black Gorbachev is. Spot on that he's in a zip code of a filmmaker right now where he doesn't care that uh, Spielberg can say that he can say that Ridley freaking Scott can say that. Can you imagine you telling Ridley Scott he's not supposed to do something on a set? Mm, <laughs> I would pay money to see that. It's like it's it's when you get to at that level of understanding filmmaking and even his duds in terms of Ridley Scott, for example. There's something that you take away from it, from them. Uh, I, I, I admire somebody like Cameron. It must be horrible to work for him, by the way. Uh, I heard horror stories in terms of how horrible he can be. But the weird thing is that Michael Bay has the same reputation of being difficult to work with on a film set, but the cultural impact of Michael Bay seems to be more in the past than in the present. So that's another story. Well, you know, I I think it's arguable in terms of the whole 
idea of these blockbuster type films mm-hmm. you know and yeah. and and how much the rock is that, a movie that i would die on a hill for well but yeah. i don't i don't see that as i mean and i'll be honest with you i haven't seen it but i don't see what? that as wait no no wait I, but I, wait, wait, wait you never no, seen no, the i rock? haven't seen the rock no but uh, i don't see that as a, like a blockbuster film i mean you look at now you okay. should see my face people you have not seen the i just rock. said that no but see look uh, you look at some films like take for example um and it was a trash film but battleship that was a blockbuster. Uh, they spent a lot of money on it. In a, it, it's, it, and it, but it, again, it's so dumb of a movie that it stops Mips movie and it slaps you in the face and asks you why. Question your life. Why are you doing watching this? Yeah. <laughs> I, now I've heard I've heard some really good things about The Rock. Um, instead, yeah. I saw. Um, yeah. In, yeah. But instead, I saw. Um, oh, what's the one with the uh, convicts that take over the airplane? Oh, Con Air. Con Air, thank you. That's a fantastic there you go. film. That, see, and, and so I, I'm like, it's so okay. aggressively stupid. Convicts, that it's, prison, it's, whatever, you know, hey, that I, I, again, I chose that one. <laughs> it's it's kind of like... Interesting. Yeah, okay. Black Gorbachev? I have an interesting fact about James Cameron. Do you know what his first job was? What's that? Yes, I know that. I don't. It, what is it? it, it was a, he was an art director, and I guess a set, like a pop props designer, for Roger Corman's Battle Beyond the Stars. Yes. Really? They remember the yeah. ship that has breasts? You yeah. know, I never saw Battle Beyond the Stars either. Yeah, have you seen that? This is a poster. Because if you see the poster, you'll see I've the seen, ship. I've seen the poster. Okay, remember the ship that has breasts? Uh, not really. Well, <laughs> he did that. Okay, you know, have you seen uh, Escape from New York? He did the matte, paint, matte paintings for that movie. Wait, wait, James Cameron? Yeah. He's a matte yes. painter? Yes. Too? Yes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. When they say he's crazy, when they say he's crazed about his production, he re- like it's like the same thing as Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott like storyboarded all of Blade Runner himself. Peter Trivia, James Cameron was the designer for The Predator. He was mm-hmm. the one who saved that movie. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. I heard that was Stan Winston. Yeah, when, uh, who did the mandible thing? No. Nope. No, that's what I heard. The story goes that they were on a plane. Yeah, and exactly. James Cameron was talking to him. To Stan and, Winston. And Stan Winston was saying, I'm stumped. And he drew the freaking oh, Predator. Well, he drew and, the and, 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 Okay. And Stan Winston said, Oh my God, this is. Can I use this? Oh, what the hell? And he went to his design and said, Use this. <laughs> I mean, the man, the man got credit. Yeah. The the mega street cred. There you go. There you go. I knew about the plane thing. I didn't realize Stan Winston was talking to James Cameron, though. <laughs> Messed my story up totally. But look, look. That musical cue means that it's time for us to take a short break because, of course, Fantastic Forum comes to you via WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. We're a community radio station, which means, among other things, that we are non-commercial. We rely on the ongoing generosity of our underwriters, sponsors, and listeners like you to be able to continue to operate the station and to bring you the quality programming you have come to expect from WERA, your local radio station. Make it your business today to visit the website at WERA.FM or that of our parent organization, Arlington Independent Media, at arlingtonmedia.org. Make your tax-deductible gift in support of community radio, community media, today. Because we got a TV station in here, too. And you can watch it on Comcast or on... Um, God, what's that other one? I, I forget. Anyway, but we got TV. We got radio. In fact, you ought to get involved because there's a lot of cool stuff going on. Anyway... 
Roberto and Philip and I are going to be right back. Right after this, we just got a short break we need to take. We're going to play a couple of promos for you. But we're going to be back. And in the second half of the show, I swear, we're going to get into this Andor thing. And you're going to love it. Trust me. Stick around. And welcome back to the Fantastic Forum here on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming online at WERA.FM. We are Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Roberto Ortiz and Black Gorbachev, Philip Jean-Pierre. And when we took the break, we were going all in on some of the trailers that had dropped earlier in the week and among those that we were talking about uh, I was just saying that I had watched the Avatar trailer and that took us down the James Cameron rabbit hole. Another trailer I saw was for this Hulu adaptation of Kindred which uh, I I don't want to really get into talking about that but I'm shocked that that's a thing you know of course Adapting uh, the work of okay, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, one of the science fiction grandmasters, Hugo winner, Nebula winner. I mean, it's just anyway. So I had no idea that this was even a thing. But um, this thing drops like not next week, but I think the week after. So uh, and and the trailer first came out two weeks ago, which was the only reason that I hadn't mentioned it already. So, uh, but again, I was I was absolutely fascinated uh, by all of that. I stuff. love the idea that she pushes a lot that for anybody who's not white, time travel is a nightmare. <laughs> it, well, it depends. It depends. It depends because no, seriously. Look, <laughs> if you if you if you're white, you you can go back to the past. That's fine. You know, if you black or you know person of color, no, nah, you don't want to go back to the past. No. But but see, but see, if you're white, the future is where you don't want to go. <laughs> That's like yeah. Like wait a second. No. Uh, I don't know about this. Uh, you say the future. I. No, no, no sir, Bobby Bob Bob. I don't think that's for me. <laughs> no. Sorry, but it's true. Like, think about it. If you happen to be an educated person of color, and basically you get sent to God, I cannot, you can't say 1950s, 1960s, 1930s. No, you, you don't the, want to go back to any of go, those. The yeah. deeper you go the rabbit hole, the worse progressively it gets by decade. It's like, damn. Yeah, huh? yeah. So we, anyway, we but. Can, Mm-hmm. We, can yes. get into shows, we can get into the shows that actually don't actually talk about that the way they share with time travel. Looking at you, Doctor Who. Yeah. But, um, mm-hmm. uh, but we hear about Andor. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I've been wanting to talk to Roberto about this show because Facebook, we've <laughs> been tagging each other. A couple times, it's the story that came out. <laughs> it's, you know how he got away, uh, Tony Gilroy got away with this? Because he knew that most Americans are not aware of the history he was presenting. <laughs> mm. And. He basically said, oh, I can tell a story of an empire. Okay, I'll tell the story of the British Empire, point by point by point. And if you're Mm -hmm. Irish, 
if you're Scottish or if you're Indian, you're going to be like, holy crap, there's, he's telling our stories. He mm -hmm. literally is telling our stories. I mean, he covers in that show 80s, uh, the, the, the uh, MI6 and MI4 specifically, which is intelligence agencies in the UK, are based on the in Imperial Security Bureau, right? And that's London. Uh, Coruscant is London. Let's, let's say that. Uh, Ferrix happens to be Ireland. Uh, they, when they went to that place with the cheap, that's Scotland. Mm -hmm. um, when Andor is supposed to represent an immigrant, and usually the story of Andor that corresponds with the Brit British would be probably uh, from an Indian descent and the former British colonies. So that's what would happen with kids from those colonies. I mean, it's like he went point by point by point in terms of taking apart history. See, this is why I wanted to have you on last week's show because yeah. I was talking and, and about... If, and if you know man, your history, you're like, oh my God, he's going... Oh, yeah, he did that. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, 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 check it out though because uh, last week I played a clip from Andor. It was that soliloquy that Luthen had about what he Losing gave my up. Soul. Yeah. Now, um, one, of, one of the very interesting characters that was... Oh, and by the way, if you haven't seen Andor on Disney+, an Plus, <laughs> well, I, I, I'm going to say there will be spoilers. <laughs> I'm not... Quite not nearly as judgmental as my panelist here, but uh, there's a character uh, played by an actor uh, named Alex Lothar. Uh, the character is Karis Nimick, and uh, he yeah. is a true believer. This guy has written a manifesto, and, um, and people it, it, are getting that wrong. By the way, they keep saying that that's based on the Communist Manifesto. Nope, it's based on Thomas. Pain, the British philosopher who basically <laughs> was instrumental for the foundation of a little country called the United States of America. <laughs> so, yeah, well, check I, it out though. They they want it to be communist, but um, I, as as it happens, I've got a clip that includes uh, talking about that manifesto. So uh, let's let's take a listen. There will be times when the struggle seems impossible. I know this already. Alone, unsure, dwarfed by the scale of the enemy. Remember this. Freedom is a pure idea. It occurs spontaneously and without instruction. Random acts of insurrection are occurring constantly throughout the galaxy. There are whole armies, battalions, that have no idea that they've already enlisted in the cause. Remember that the frontier of the rebellion is everywhere, and even the smallest act of insurrection pushes our lines forward. And then remember this. The Imperial need for control is so desperate because it is so unnatural. Tyranny requires constant effort. It breaks. It leaks. Authority is brittle. Oppression is the mask of fear. Remember that. And know this. The day will come when all these skirmishes and battles, these moments of defiance will have flooded the banks of the Empire's authority, and then there will be one too many. One single thing will break the siege. Remember this. Try. Yeah, <laughs> very, very powerful. Uh, sequence uh, from the se from the season one finale, and um, in fact, even as I was listening to that, I, I kind of found myself 
being overwhelmed, you know, because it's like, man. Jeez, I wonder why China has a problem with Star Wars. Hmm, I wonder why. What could it be? <laughs> yeah. Well, but, but something, something you said, Roberto, um, earlier that uh, actually kind of troubles me, and uh, it, it's that this, uh, this, this propensity that uh, some people have with uh, particular political opinions in this country uh, just like you were saying, oh, they want this uh, manifesto to be based on communism when it actually isn't. You were saying it's based on Thomas, Thomas Paine, Paine, you know, yep. the uh, the patriot Thomas Paine. But there's some people who, and and it's crazy because they're looking at us and we're looking at them and they're like, you all are traitors. And we're looking at them and we're like, you all are traitors, you know. Now, both of us can't be right, okay. But mm -hmm. there's some people who are looking at the current structure of the government in the United States and they're as far as they're concerned it's it's imperial the cool thing about history is that it you can take from history and see where the bad guys who basically what are doing now learn their lessons and one mistake we make as a society is that we assume that the past is not important and I, there's no lessons to be taken from the past. And if you are like me, who fast, finds fast, the past fascinating, you realize that history repeats itself and rhymes. The same Ooh. crap happens over and over and over. We just give it a new color paint. What people ignore, for example, is that during the, 19, the beginning of the 1900s, Germany was one of the most liberal countries on planet Earth. It was super developed. Austria, all, uh, basically that region of the world is where most of the progressive mentality came from the world. Uh, 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 I can't even start basically thinking into psychology. And <laughs> the world basically was moving in one direction and all of a sudden, Certain forces were not comfortable in terms of how quickly things were changing, and they decided to basically turn to the past. Fascism basically was invented by Benito Mussolini, which basically is the 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 whole concept is basically is about that you're supposed to basically conform to a group. It's not to benefit the group; it's to conform, to basically favor power. And there's also this obsession with this mythical past that he keeps telling us, the leader, that we're going to get back to, that it's going to be great. The past was great. Fascism basically is based on the concept of lying to you. Orwell, um, what people ignore specifically about Orwell, is that he correctly predicted that the problem with fascism is very hard to define it because it doesn't have a core pol political philosophy. It's all about power. It's about consolidation. Yeah, authoritarianism. Of, yeah. yeah. Mm. It's about following the leader. It's about s destroying the individual. And another name for fascism basically is corporatism, which is basically that there's no dif uh, distinction between corporations and government. They're one in the same. Hmm. Again, so, history rhymes. It repeats itself. We haven't, we're not doing anything new. Mm -hmm. uh, He's absolutely right, because... It's the same thing during the Industrial Revolution. There was like the concept of individualism versus the industrial yep. during the rationalist concept, which is the concept of the many are more important than the individual. And again, same 
concept of fascism is that this time it's wrapped around progress of like industry and capitalism versus the individual. Industry, everyone assumes the industrial revolution really was about big technology kind of where the factories kind of came into play, and that is true to an extent. But no one recognizes it that that effect also took away independence from, say, farming communities. Yeah. And so much where they were responsible for, like, farming communities went from just being, like, self sufficient little communities and little pockets of existence versus, you know, now these, like, corporate farms to these, like, people who are, like, holding to, like, factories to feed them. And, pretty much feed like the, the factory community versus the farming community, which is more individualistic. And literally that has always been the thing. Fascism is just like, forgive me, the trendy name for what they do, but that mentality of like the individual is not as important as the whole really does come from a basis of it is terrifying when people have freedom. For, for, for people in charge or quote unquote oppressive regimes, oppressive people with oppressive ideas, I should say. And, and the cool thing is wait, that wait, 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 because Black Gorbachev, I'm going to ask you to draw me a line from what you and Roberto have been talking about to Andor right after I remind our <laughs> listeners that this is Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM and streaming online at WERA.FM. Radio Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Roberto Ortiz and Black Gorbachev, Philip Jean-Pierre, who was getting ready to draw us this line I was talking about between this whole concept and this wonderful show Andor, which just wrapped up its first season on Disney Plus uh, week before last. Okay. So here's the genius behind it. In the, after the heist happened, it's the one called, it's the episode called The Announcement, because that yeah. is my favorite one. Because that's when the show stopped being a heist show and becomes what we refer to as Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. Yeah. Three phase of the thing. The moment they find a really good reason, because up until then they were like, we can only be so oppressive before people start to realize it, what we want. Because in an earlier speech, they, in the episode before that, they explained what they're doing to the culture, which is the Dali. The doll- um, basically taking everything they want for giving them just enough of what they don't need to make them think they're getting some. But the concept is this. They essentially use that as an excuse to basically drop the hammer under everything from like resentencing programs, pretty much shutting down passageway by basically essentially controlling the entire effort. Because here's the thing. That speech you had is what they're afraid of because they are spending so much time trying to shut down these people who really just want to live their best life. But the thing is, for them, for their, for the empire to work, they have to control everything, and that effort requires them to pretty much take as many extremes as possible to control that. So individual planets that used to just have a, kind of a, shall we say, a, a cohesive environment, like a cooperative environment, does not work for the empire because they don't want to cooperate. They want to, and we use the parallel for capitalism, to control everything from everyone's food, how they think, how they run. The act of an individual is a threat to the empire, which yep. is why Andor is the living embodiment of the individual because he's not perfect, he's not a good guy, but the one thing you can say about him is he is an individual. Mm. And, and, the, and, him, the, and the cool thing about this, basically, is that it's you. they realize that It doesn't matter who the emperor is. It doesn't matter who Darth Vader is. It doesn't matter all, all of that because for the individual citizen, they 
would the only experience for them with the empire is basically the security forces, the direct mm -hmm. security forces, not those people. Mm -hmm. And what's brilliant about this is basically is that it finally answered the question, why is the empire evil? Well, because it's all about it. it they realized, you know what, the actual real world is going in a bad direction. So we probably should tell everybody, explain it in a primer, what fascism, what, what, this is what I hate when, when they change the definition of the words, the, what a, living under a dictatorship is. I hate the word authoritarianism. It's dictatorship. What living basically under a government that tells you what to do. And I hate it when people here in the U.S. say, oh, my freedom, this and my freedom. I say, no, you have no concept. You really want to know how it feels like? Go to a place like, I don't know, sorry, Saudi Arabia right now, which is horrible on their MBS, or uh, North Korea, or England during the 80s, uh, when they're Thatcher. Well, it, I think part of the problem with people who are making this complaint is they're confusing freedom with anarchy. Bingo. You know? And yeah, okay, and you can't you do know whatever an, you want. And you know, and you know what's an anarchist <laughs> on mm -hmm. Andor? They answer that point too. Mm -hmm. uh, so Guerrero. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And he's an interesting contrast. Uh, you know, particularly, I, I, I liked, you know, because he's so paranoid. We talked a little bit he about this last week. To yeah. me. Well, yes, yes. Well, and again, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean nobody's out to get you. But I love that scene where Luthen goes to see him, and uh, all of a sudden, Saw's like, yeah, I'm all in. I want to do this raid. And Luthen's like, nah, nah, you don't. You know? I mean, it, and, but it shows basically that Luthen cares about Saw. The mere fact that basically. He realized I'm willing to sacrifice this guy, but I need but not you. you. Not yeah, you. well, exactly, and and that was interesting too when Saw figured that out. I mean, what 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 had me going was you know because you know here's Saw and he's going all down the rabbit hole. And he's like, you've got somebody here. Who who's your who's the traitor? Who's the guy? And he's like, yeah, your boy over there. <laughs> oh, <that's, laughs> His boy's what? like, what are you talking about? No. <laughs> But Saw could have just as easily turned around and shot that guy but, dead because he's so crazy and paranoid. And actually, I love the fact that this show is designed for speeches. And by the way, you realize that in the, the for a show filled with with great speeches, Cyril gave the worst speech <laughs> of all the characters on purpose. Because uh, he is a terrible person. <laughs> but uh, the cool thing about the... But you know, he has some empathy. You know, because when he, he saved the ISB woman... That was, I mean, you know, and of course he's 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 excited about her, you know, and I mean the awkwardness in that scene where she's like, "I should say thank you." you know? I have, I, 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 it, literally, it literally made my skin crawl. Actually, yeah. I'm going to make. I, I'm wait, gonna, wait, wait, I'm, wait, I'm wait, 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 whoa, 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 hold up, let him finish. <laughs> what are you saying? You said no, it literally no, made your skin crawl. The problem about Cyril is the fact that literally, and I, I, I don't use this word often. His unchurched, sorry self. Every time he's on the screen, I literally think to myself, that is a man who has never made a good life choice in his life. <laughs> <laughs> and the problem is that we know a lot of people like that. Um, <laughs> um, but here's, here's my take from Andor that I enjoy most. For the very first time, I actually said, Andor, Star Wars finally did a show that was science fiction. Not so far. I'm using this old government name. Science fiction. Because I watched this thing and I went, this is science fiction. 
They are saying things that you can't say in a regular story without offending people. They basically there's enough allegory and metaphors in the real world that does exactly what science fiction was supposed to do. Tell you what's messed up and what you need to watch out for. And the cool thing <laughs> is that it's hmm. basically going to fundamental. This is the Deep Space Nine of Star Wars. This okay. is going to change. It doesn't matter how much crap they throw in last next year, right? In terms of Star mm -hmm. Wars, this is going to affect the DNA of Star Wars from now on because all of a sudden a lot of people realize, huh, so you are allowing this type of storytelling in the playground. Maybe we could try different types of stories specifically. Maybe we could make Maybe. what science fiction is supposed to be about, which is supposed to be about ideas. Yeah, as opposed to fantasy, which is what this has essentially been up till now. But, mm -hmm. yeah, but there's nothing wrong with fantasy, by the way. There's, yeah. it's, there's, the cool thing is that they're making the argument that the playground in Star Wars is big enough. You can do more. It's like, look at the story we're telling about Transformers. All of a sudden, I told you a story about Megatron, and you realize, oh, my God, he's actually not a bad guy. He's a, a freedom fighter. What happened there? And I make the character, just by telling you that story, more compelling. Well, but just because he's not a bad guy doesn't mean he's not bad. You know, Bingo. I mean, you know, there, there's evil mm -hmm. and there's neutral and... You know, sometimes neutral is worse because yeah. you don't you they, but, you don't know what they're liable to do. But the cool thing about this type of storytelling is that fascism and uh, dictatorships basically come from both the left and the right. Nicaragua is a perfect example right now of a country that's going to hell in a handbasket with good with good intentions. And Salvador is going to be next if they continue doing the crypto nonsense they're doing over there, because it's not about political philosophy is about oppressing people's will. Me telling you I know mm. better than you. And that's what Ander did. Ander basically made the argument that if you stop caring, this is going to happen to you. And, and, and by the way, going back to Saul, I love the speech he gave at the beginning when he showed up, making the argument that the people from the good guys, the left, right? The mistake they make is that we fight too much the, the expression the people from the right use is virtual signaling, and they have a point that we mm. fight in terms of who is better than this among ourselves when the bad guys tend to have a very cohesive vision of what they want, and they're shoving it down our troughs while we fight among yeah, they're, ourselves. Yeah, they're able to stay on message a yeah. lot better. Well, you know, it's interesting about that because uh, as somebody who was around when the original Star Wars came out, and I can tell you that, um, you know, the whole idea of escapism, I mean, that was that was what it was, you know, back then. It was like, oh, the sweeping music and, oh, the story about the farm boy who, you know, his family gets killed and now he's part of this rebellion. Oh, and they blow up this ultimate weapon at the end and everybody gets medals. And, you know, I mean, it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, even though there was, you know, some some danger and stuff along the way it was like oh hey you know this is a fun story and all of a sudden it turned out to be a lot more than mm -hmm. what we I, realized I, I, but i'll leave you, you know? one thing the weird thing about this is that even if andor is more realistic it's not cynical it's no, about it's not. that's why it's so great it's mm -hmm. basically says you know what you are allowed to be an idealist you're allowed to change the world but there, you better understand there will be a, buy, a, a, a price to pay, but it's worth paying. Mm. Dare I say it, it's a new home. 
Yeah. Oh! 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 oh, there you go. And just like that, Black Gorbachev wins the show. <laughs> I mean, that's what else is there to yep. say after that? I'm done. But, well, hey, you look. That musical cue means we're out of time anyway. I'd like to thank my panelists and you, too, for having tuned in. Of course, Fantastic Forum is also a television show. You can check it out if you happen to be in Montgomery County. It's still airing there, but hey, for everybody else, visit the website at fantasticforum.tv. We've got complete episodes of the show. We've got segments of the show broken out for your convenience. You can check out the toy and game profiles, the interviews, the special features, all of that. It's available through the website fantasticforum.tv. Also, this show is available as a podcast. Yes, we took the radio show, stuck it on the podcasting networks, and you can download it and take you with take it with you. Thanks to our friends at the Great Geek Refuge. Um, download it on any platform where you can find your favorite podcasts. And the show re-airs each and every week here on WERA on Sunday afternoons from 4 to 5 p.m., if you miss us in first run, well, we're a little behind, but it, you can tune in and check it out. In fact, you tune in tomorrow. It's one of our uh, late October shows. Sorry, late November or early November. Well, I don't know. Tune in tomorrow. You'll you'll figure out what it is. And, of course, we're in first run right here on WERA each and every Saturday afternoon from 4 to 5 p.m. We hope you choose to join us again next week. Same bat time, same bat station. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your weekend, people, and stay safe.